Hello and welcome once again to the Sharp 600 brought to you by Covers.com. My name is Joe Fortinball. This is episode 88. It's great to have you guys with us today for our final four spectacular. In just a moment, former Santa Clara head basketball coach Kerry Keating is going to join us to break down Saturday's matchups as well as who he projects to not only make the final on Monday night, but also to win the final on Monday night. But before we get to Coach Keating, I just wanted to throw you guys a bit of a reminder. Number one, next week is a monster week. We have a UFC event, and we also have the Masters. So we will be rolling out some very special episodes to get you set for those two events. We've also got the NBA playoffs and everything else right around the corner. We do take requests. You can hit me up on Twitter at Joe Fortinball or via email joe.fortinball at gmail.com. Always happy to listen and interact with you guys to try to figure out how we can make this an even better product for you. You guys have been great all along, so reach out anytime you want. But one of the reasons you love this program is its brevity. We're shortened to the point. So let's get to Coach Keating. 88 miles per hour! Good friend of mine joins the show, former head basketball coach at Santa Clara. You can catch him now. Hanging out with me, 95.7 The Game in the Bay Area, where he co-hosts our Golden State Warriors pregame show. Kerry Keating returns to the Sharp 600. Coach, first and foremost, I always appreciate the time. But I got to ask you this. What is Florida State head coach Leonard Hamilton doing, not fouling, down four with 10 seconds left against Michigan last week. The point spread was four or four and a half. So obviously the gamblers were going nuts. But, I mean, you've been a head coach. What is he thinking there? Yeah, it's kind of baffling, Joe, because earlier in the game, not too much earlier, about a minute to go, they were down three. And actually took too, too much time then to even foul, but still chose to foul. And as we've learned, certainly in college basketball, even in pro basketball, but, but, but mostly in college where non-professionals are making decisions. 18, 19, 20-year-old kids are making decisions. And I always used to say, Joe, your best players are your best decision makers, not always the guys that can put the balls in the basket and play better defense and rebound. You kind of want to give the chance for the game to play out, especially when you're in that situation. And I, I don't know, and, and even in the, in the, in the post-game interview, he kind of seemed baffled, almost stunned that they weren't able to pull off the win uh, and probably expected to, especially given the fashion they had gotten there. And I think that's the play every time, especially with that amount of time. I've seen a lot of things happen. We've seen things happen in this tournament under five seconds. It certainly has happened during the season. So certainly one that he'll probably relive, although based on the fact that he got about three-quarters of a million dollars in bonuses up to that point, I'm sure the money will make him feel a little bit better. <laughs> All right, Final Four Saturday night. Let's start with Michigan in Loyola, Chicago. The Wolverines have won 13 straight. They find themselves as five-point favorites over Sister Jean's upstart Ramblers, who have won 14 consecutive matchups in their own right. Is this finally the round, in your opinion, where the Cinderella run comes to an end? Well, it's interesting you say that uh, when you mention Sister Jean because having coached in the Final Four a couple of times and especially remembering back to that first time that you're there, and obviously for Loyola and Coach Porter Moser, this is their first time there. Anything that you have that can take away some of the unnecessary distractions that come with the hoopla and the attention, especially from the media, going into your first game is a bonus. And I actually think in a strange way, although – the, the higher-ups may think that this is more of a, uh, 
uh, a divine intervention, if you will, with Sister Jean, she's taking a lot of attention off of some of these players. And I don't mean just the ones that are scoring in the double figures of the starters, because everybody's looking for a story, and all the media throng is looking for anything they can latch onto to write a unique story about the team. She's kind of brought that all to herself and, and really kind of removed a big part of the distraction from Loyola. So I kind of look at that as, a, as an added advantage for Loyola because Michigan's advantage having won a lot of games in a row, won their conference tournament, is kind of offset by the fact that Loyola has two. And I think you have two pretty evenly matched teams, albeit different levels. And I think this game is, is pretty much a toss-up. I, don't, I wouldn't know which way to call it. I'm obviously rooting for Loyola because I think everybody wants to see the underdog go. And they're definitely good enough and maybe the best 11 seed that's equipped to win this game. But Michigan, in their own right, has, has big players, has athletic players, has a great defense. They both had luck on their side. Let's, let's face it, you can't just say that Loyola got lucky with a couple of, uh, of early, seed or early, early round higher seed upsets. Michigan, in their own right, we all know, had the buzzer beater against, uh, I think it was, who was, who was it? Butler. Houston. So, against Houston, too. Yeah, so I'm telling you, they both are very, very similar. This is about as evenly matched the final four game as you're going to find, given the unique circumstances that they've both taken to get there. From an on-court perspective, what is it about this Loyola team that makes them so dangerous? Well, they're very balanced, and they're also very experienced. And, and the one thing that they have, Joe, is they have experience in winning in that upper class because they went to the CBI a couple of years back. They won that. They learned how to win in postseason, although it may not mean much to the outside. Internally, they did a great job of kind of cultivating that, that ability to win in the postseason, and they've kind of built on it. And they've brought a few transfers in. They've gotten a little bit of a break with some kids in the recruiting. And, and you have to have that. You have to have something unique happen when you're at that level. And on top of what we just talked about, they caught a break in the earlier rounds with some close game wins. They're a very balanced team and have had three or four different players win games for them in the postseason. That's a dangerous team no matter what level you're at and obviously going to be a challenge for Michigan. Based on the way these two teams like to play basketball, how do you see this game pacing out? You have a relatively lower uh, total in this game, about 129.5 points. Do you see this featuring a lot of set plays, slow-moving, developing offenses, or could they pick the tempo up to a point where maybe we see a higher-scoring affair? I don't know if it will necessarily get on the over on this because these are obviously teams are going to have to fill each other out early. I could see a really low-scoring first half. Maybe the first half under is a good play. I think the second half may be the over because they get a little idea of where the scoring is coming from and an ability to break down the other team's defense in ways that only they can in, in an exploitation way. This could be a low-scoring game for sure. They're very defensive-minded, very set-minded teams. They also like to figure out, both teams like to figure out what the other team is giving them, and it takes a little while to figure that out within the flow of the offense that they have. But like I said with Loyola, different guys scoring, and I think Loyola could be the one team that could push it up, maybe get out to an early lead in the first half and push it to that first half over. That's, a, that's an interesting uh, number right there because I, I always like to pick games in the 70s for some reason when it comes to the in-state tournament, the Final Four. It just seems like a comfortable number. But looking at all these early, early round and early season or early, early uh, NCAA tournament games, a lot of games in the 50s and 60s that not a lot of people said a lot about, but it looks like a good tournament for the under. Before, oh, it's been a fantastic tournament for the under. Uh, before we jump to the Kansas-Villanova matchup, Porter Moser, the head coach of Loyola, how much longer do you think he's there before he jumps to something bigger? You know, he's a Chicago guy. He went to high school nearby Loyola and, and Naperville High School. And 
it's going to be very daunting from a financial standpoint for Loyola to keep him intact. But I don't get the impression that he's necessarily in this for the money as much as he is for building a program. There are haves and have-nots, as we know, and that's for another show to really break that all down. I don't know if there'll be a job available for him at this point, to be honest with you. I don't know what job is out there this year. It certainly could be a deal where maybe the next year, after having another year to kind of let this marinate at Loyola and see what they can do to keep him there long-term. We just saw a couple of guys sign some long-term deals that went to the NCAA tournament. Uh, Wes Miller signed a 10-year contract. We saw Nate Oates turn down Pittsburgh. When was the last time a Mac MAC school uh, coach turned down an ACC school? So there are places at this level that if you get to this point, you can keep your coach there long-term. But as we learned in the last 11 seed to make it in George Mason, their coach eventually moved on to the ACC in Miami. All this does for Porter is solidify his ability to coach at a very high level. We may not see him leave this year, but certainly we'll have some opportunities moving forward. All right, in the other semifinal, you have 2016 champion Villanova as a five-point favorite over Kansas. Let's begin with this. Is there a coaching edge to be had between Jay Wright and Bill Self, or are these two on the same level? I think it's a toss-up. I, I think you've got really just two programs that know what they are, know what it's about, have a culture and a way of doing things that you literally plug and play the different rotation of players in. And certainly Kansas has sustained that over the long haul, a little bit more than Villanova has. But recently, obviously, with Villanova winning a national championship and being number one in the country consistently, Jay and Bill have done great jobs of being, you know, kind of the forebears of what programs should really be in two different circumstances, two different parts of the country. And Bill Self, obviously, being a Hall of Famer, Jay Wright on his way, these guys have put out great products, great teams to watch. No surprise that both have made the Final Four. I'm looking for a tremendous game, a really well-played game between these two guys tomorrow night. I mean, do you see Nova as five points better than Kansas? Kansas is a one seed. They've been playing very well. They knocked off Duke. It, to me, personally, it just feels like a lot of points for, against a really good team. Yeah, I like. I love the, the dog in, in Kansas in that one. I, I think they have a little bit something to prove. They've been playing well. They've gotten great play from a player who wasn't playing uh, well early in the year but has played well late. And Malik Newman, a great pickup in Silvio D'Souza. Midway, how about this? Silvio D'Souza was playing high school basketball in December and now three months later is a key part of a Final Four potentially national championship team. They have great, great pieces, and I think they have really good camaraderie and great leadership. Now, you look on the other side of the floor, so does Villanova. I, I, would, I would, if I was handicapped, this would, would, would like to see it closer to a two or three point maybe a two and a hook. I think five's a great take for Kansas going into this game. Regarding pacing in this game, a much higher total sitting up around 154 and a half. Do you see these two teams running the floor to the point where they might get over the total? Yeah, I do. This, this is an over game. Villanova scores a lot of points first in the country at 86 and a half points a game, which is almost unheard of. It kind of went under the radar a little bit. Uh, Bill Self in his own right scores 81 points a game. Now tournament games tend to be a little bit on the lower side. But I think you have two high-level, very talented teams, very talented coaches. Not necessarily a defensive battle, but just a challenge to see who they can stop. But too many weapons on both of those sides. I, I like the over in this game. All right, so who do you like meeting Monday night, and who do you see winning it all? I, I actually like Kansas, I, not just because I like the five that they're getting, but I like what they're playing with, and I like their confidence. And even though Villanova's freshman class was able to win a national championship, and now they're back as seniors, wants to prove something that, that they can bookend their careers with that. I like the way Kansas is playing. I like their swagger heading into the game. And I, I really think that Loyola's got a chance to beat Michigan. I, I think the luck that Michigan survived and was able to gain from getting here 
may not be as much as Loyola's was, but I do think Loyola's good enough and is playing well enough and really will be kind of more of a nothing-to-lose attitude that I think may actually help them way more than, say, it helped George Mason against Florida back in 2007. So I'm looking forward to a Kansas-Loyola game, and unfortunately, I don't know if Loyola's got enough for Kansas, but a little history to be made by an 11 seed making the final game. Former head basketball coach at Santa Clara. You can catch him now with me on 95.7 The Game in the Bay Area. Kerry Keating, who you can follow on Twitter, at Kerry Keating 3, joining us on the Sharp 600. Coach, always appreciate the insights. Thank you for your time. Enjoy the games this weekend, and uh, look forward to doing it again soon. You too, Joe. Anytime. Hey, Doc, we better back up. We don't have enough roads to get up to 88. Roads? Well, we're going. We don't need roads. There you have it. Coach Keating is leaning to both dogs, Loyola Chicago, as well as Kansas. He also leans to the over in the Kansas-Villanova matchup and the under in the Michigan-Loyola matchup. For us, that's a wrap. Shout out Kerry Keating for joining us today. Shout out you guys for hanging out throughout the episode. All the support is always appreciated. Subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes if you haven't done so already. Have a fabulous weekend. Enjoy the Final Four. Enjoy the title game. We'll see you next week for Masters and UFC coverage right here on the Sharp 600. Be well, everybody, and best of luck.